Okay, it's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Wait a sec. When do you say, well, that about does it for us this week? Do you say that every week? After this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't rush me. I'm sorry. I'm leisurely, <laughs> I'm leisurely flowing the show here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I know what you're supposed to say next and I had it all screwed up. I'm so sorry. Okay. It's been a hectic <laughs> episode. Oh gosh, I know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry, you have to ask me again? Okay. <laughs> I think our outtake section might be as long as the content of the episode. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 76. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're talking about leisure. Leisure? Who has time for leisure these days? With a million things to check off the to-do list, the idea of leisure seems like somewhat of a luxury, only available to a fortunate elite. But what if we got it wrong? What if doing leisure is not only accessible to all, but critical to all? But first, if you enjoy this episode of the Modern Lady Podcast, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Your review can help the modern lady stand out so that others may find us too. Your comments mean the world to us. This week's shout out goes to Sheila, who left us a review last week and said, quote, Thank you for your insights and humor. You are amazing ladies. I'm so grateful for your fiat. May God continue to bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you. End quote. Thank you so much for your comment, Sheila. We love that blessing from scripture and are so grateful for your prayers. And if you would like to leave us a comment, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. But before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Michelle, what do vinegar, bitter almonds, turpentine, myrrh, veal, newly laid eggs, mercury, and hydrogen cyanide all have in common? If you were thinking ways to treat acne, you'd be right. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) So I had a nasty breakout over the last two weeks, and that got me thinking about a long-standing discussion in the world of dermatology. Is acne a relatively new issue? Many think that it is, but after a little Googling, I discovered that there have been crazy cures for acne since the Roman times. So listeners, if your methods don't seem to be working, might I suggest putting cow manure all over your face and then wrapping a towel over your face to keep the manure in place? Be sure to cut out eye holes though, because you want to make sure you can still see where you're walking with poop on your face. When the person who was administering this treatment on a patient didn't see it working, he simply asked the patient to increase the amount of manure that he was using. Now as crazy as that sounds, this wasn't just an anecdote from those wild dark ages. Nope, the person who was responsible for trying out that treatment on a young man who was frequently bullied and thought to have an intellectual disability was none other than future U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson, who was a university student at the time. Just when we think to ourselves, whew, thank goodness our medical knowledge has advanced this far. We need to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves with our current ridiculous tips for cleaning acne. (laughs) Kitty litter face mask, anyone? 
Michelle Fan, a makeup artist with almost 9 million YouTube subscribers, shared a popular video toting the merits of using unscented kitty litter as a skin cleaning face mask. So if you're looking for the most modern 21st century tips from beauty experts to try to clear up your stubborn breakouts, consider wiping your face with dryer sheets, exfoliating your skin with your own urine. Try the popular snail slime treatment from Korea, smear your face with coal tar, or you could stick with the classic, just dab some toothpaste on that zit, because for some reason people are still suggesting this one all the time. If rubbing a banana peel all over your face to help curb inflammation seems just a little too basic for you, a bougie option is to go for the gold leaf face mask, but this can cost up to $1,000. So maybe just do as the Greeks do and put a little Windex on your pimple. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can just imagine... <laughs> This would be like a perfect comedy sketch or something. And like as the person is trying more and more of these remedies, it's yeah. that classical music playing in the background. The do 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 And there's like kitty litter and Windex flying all over the place. Yes. Maybe we have a future in writing comedy skits. Maybe that's that's our next thing. I have no doubt. Yeah, so I don't know what you've tried. I've often done the toothpaste, but I... Yeah, me too. Was that debunked? When when was that debunked? I just think it's just another hokey. It might do something, but probably doesn't do anything. But then Mm. I'm like, wait a sec. I have kitty litter downstairs. (laughs) Michelle Fan broke it down saying it's basically bentonite clay. And she's like, so don't judge it yet. The ingredients are actually fine. And I'm like, no, no, forget it. Too far. I can't do it. (laughs) Chinese philosopher and author of The Art of Life, Lin Yutang, once wrote, quote, Besides the noble art of getting things done, there is the noble art of leaving things undone. The wisdom of life consists in the elimination of non-essentials, end quote. Now, this quote seems kind of opposed to last week's episode on homemaking, where we were encouraging all of us to do all the homemaking things, right, Lindsay? <laughs> we were, but <laughs> you had this great idea to talk about this. And like mm-hmm. with so many of our topics, right, it started out with, ooh, what is leisure? Like, what did the ladies of leisure do in days of old? And that's so that's right. what we were going to talk about. But nope, we are going to go way further into it because what we've learned simply is that all of that hard work we talked about last week, you do that so that you can earn leisure and leisure is going to bring Mm. so much into your life. And so, yeah, I I think you guys will be fascinated. Now, Michelle, I think it's safe to say that you and I were both ready to become officially ladies of leisure, right? This upcoming September. (laughs) I had the t-shirt printed and everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Modern ladies of leisure. (laughs) Add it to the merch. Yeah. (laughs) But not for this year. No, it's not going to happen. So it doesn't seem to be God's will for us yet. But after many, Mm -hmm. many years spent at home and living a life essentially completely void of leisure um, and actually feeling guilty when I even think about leisure, I think it's high time for us to really figure out what it is and what it is not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Because I think we can get it confused with a lot of different things, right? Like when I think I'm doing leisure or I'm being leisurely, if I really think about it, it might be more of like um, what we might consider self-care, 
nowadays. Like it's yeah. something that I need to do um, for my health. Or it might be entertainment, which is yeah. also something different. Or I might even be trying to like trick myself into thinking that my procrastination yeah. <laughs> is more noble than yeah. it actually is. And I'm just taking some leisure time. Um, but yeah, if I stop to actually think like, well, what am I trying to actually do here? I don't know that I could have really defined leisure, true leisure, uh, until doing research for this episode. Yeah. Well, let's start with what it is not, right? And then we can maybe mm -hmm. try to define it. But we do know now that leisure is not something that refreshes us in order to go back to work. That's what mm -hmm. I always thought it was yeah. too. Like, right, you'd relax on a Sunday and then you go back into work all refreshed on a Monday. But leisure is not that. It is the thing that actually refreshes us from work. And these are two different things, two very different concepts. So we work hard so that we can carve out time away from work. Work being something that produces something. Uh, it generates income. It's something that we have to focus on. And when we do those things, we do them because we need to, right? We need a paycheck. Mm -hmm. we've, we've got to survive. Uh, but we do those things in order to free ourselves up then to have leisure time. So what it is not is it's not spare time. It's not vacation. It's it's not a day off. Mm -hmm. Right. It's different from the concept of being um, utilitarian, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that was something that was in an article that we were reading about leisure uh, and the value of it is that we, especially in our, our culture here today, we have kind of succumbed to this idea of utilitarianism, Yeah, <laughs> that we have to be always producing or always achieving something in order to be uh, of worth or of value in our society. And so the idea of leisure not only seems uh, foreign to us, but maybe even wasteful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and it's not that. Now, an interesting point that I came across too in this article was that it's not acedia. So kind of going along in that same vein here in the West, you know, we could kind of get confused because when you take them both at surface level, acedia could look really similar to what we think of when we consider leisure, just like lying about. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so, you know, one of our favorite episodes to record and a fan favorite was our one on acedia. So if you've never mm -hmm. heard that word before, um, the other term for it is the noonday devil. And in its simplest form, it's sloth. And it turns out, like you're saying, that leisure is the contrary virtue to that. And... Mm. When I was looking more again, and I keep going back these last couple episodes, for some reason, I keep being drawn back into the seven deadly sins, but there's a twist this time. I realized oh. Ga that Gandhi talked about them. And this is oh. the first I had come across this. And the way he described the seven deadly sins, what I'm going to read to you next is completely how I would envision us, what we'd need to work on in our leisure time. So let me just say what he said, and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. But he said okay. the seven deadly sins are wealth without work, pleasure without conscience, knowledge without character, commerce without morality, science without humanity, worship without sacrifice, politics without principle. So when I see that list, right, and you see the virtuous side of each one of those contradictions, that's the very thing that I think we should be cultivating in our leisure time. And this is what, as we describe leisure a bit more and help you understand what it is, it is a growing in those virtues. It is, again, a building of those habits. It's it's not, again, a day off or, you know, hours spent on Facebook, 
Lindsay. Um, <laughs> that sort of thing. So I, I don't know if we're starting to <laughs> describe it a little bit more, but just one last thing, like what you were talking about with utility. So you're right. Mm-hmm. Our Western world, it prides utility over everything else. And this is one of the major reasons why we don't work as hard as we should, I believe. And I think you agree mm-hmm. to protect the weak and the vulnerable. So yeah. they're just, they're termed, and this, this is a term used in Nazi Germany as useless eaters. These are babies, mm. disabled people, the sick, the el- elderly. What value do they have in society if they aren't producing anything? And and right. th- we might be shocked and horrified as we should be about that. But that's a really common thing in a lot of countries where they're like, we can't afford to feed you. Um, mm-hmm. You can't produce anything in this country. Your value is next to nothing. And obviously you and I don't believe that. Um, so people have always worked hard. And obviously we really are big believers in working hard, but that's not the Mm -hmm. purpose of our life. And that's not where our dignity comes from. Yeah. And because what I was reading about leisure too, this is an interesting turn. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I had this in my notes. (laughs) No, but it's making me really think about how the understanding and the practice of authentic leisure, which we will, don't worry, we will define in a moment. (laughs) Um. It, it really does, I guess, have this connection to this affirming our being and mm-hmm. affirming our dignity and who we are as people yeah. and who we're meant to be. So a, a culture that does not understand true leisure and then practice it in its authentic form probably will lack a deep understanding of who we are as beings. Absolutely. That's really what in my research, what I was seeing is like the core result of properly ordered (laughs) leisure time (laughs) is that you have a deep understanding of who you are, who you are in relation to the people around you and who you are in relation to the world, the, the actual nature and beauty of this world. And then therefore who you are in relation to God. And what I found was so fascinating, and again, we'll get into this in a little bit, is that this is not just um, our Christian idea of God, that this is a very universal and timeless thing. And it's something that we've actually really forgotten about in the West, but is still really practiced throughout the world. But this concept of leisure, we have completely confused, again, with Mm -hmm. relaxing or just playtime or vacation or days off. So again, We've always worked throughout the week so that we could spend our free time then worshiping God, feasting, celebrating with our families. And now we just work to prove our worth, right? But to who? Mm. To your boss, to yourself, if you get that next promotion, our families, our relationships with our spouses, and most importantly, our relationship with God suffers. And so we want to inspire within ourselves again and within you guys this idea that carving out intentional leisure time is going to help you shift your focus. It's a paradigm shifter and Mm -hmm. it's going to help you again refocus on your place, your duties, and the beautiful gifts that you have in your life that you maybe haven't seen because you've been so busy all week. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So I think at this point now, we we probably really should define <laughs> leisure <laughs> in the context of what we're talking about here. Um, pardon us. You got really excited there for yes. a moment. <laughs> this is how um, our minds work. They're just following oh along goodness. on the journey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Come along with us as we fall down this rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So 
Here's an interesting fact that the actual word leisure comes from the Greek word skol, and in Latin it's skola, I think. And these words mean, well, this is where we get the word school, mm-hmm. right? So I, I thought that was very interesting. And there's an article that was defining it uh, using the Greek and the Latin roots. Mm-hmm. And from that article, it was um, linked this ideal that education is quote, precisely the kind of escape from the normal world of drudgery, which grinds the person down and leaves little time for contemplation, end quote. So hence, um, this is ideally what education is. And uh, if we are lifelong learners, then this intimately ties into leisure. That's right. So in leisure, we seek to expand our intellect. We set aside that time to rest, but it isn't just, again, doing nothing. We open ourselves mm-hmm. up and in setting down our work, we, we move towards a time of contemplation. We work to see things in a new light. We learn a new skill. We challenge ourselves to grow in order to be better versions of ourselves. And I love that because I didn't know either that leisure translated originally was scola or school. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's so fascinating. And, and again, you guys know that brick and mortar schools or what we call, you know, the, the current education system, that's brand new. And so this type of education, like what you're saying, Michelle, we're talking about going beyond the classroom. We're not talking about children's Mm -hmm. education. We're not even talking about formal post-secondary education. It's this learning of our own culture, of our history, of our, um, you know, our folk music. We'll get into all that stuff again, but it's, it's about just learning again, our place in our home and in our community and, and therefore in the world. Right. And like the whole concept of to do leisure, right. And yeah as a means to try to preserve and nourish our natural sense of wonder. Yeah. And yeah. Um, this article that I was referring to before was talking about how we all naturally have wonder uh, from our childhoods. But as we grow, we become increasingly, um, we feel the need to be useful. <laughs> yeah. And so we become obsessed or fixated on the how everything is being done as opposed to the why. Yeah. And so it's not focused on that idea of utility that we were talking about, but on the being, the being grounded in connectedness. And this article goes on to explain that then it manifests in things such as your sense of family and the spirit of friendship, how we worship God, all those things. And without true leisure, we will always take because we are asking essentially how to gain something for ourselves, and we take versus when we're at leisure we're practicing that openness to receive that sense of wonder and connectivity i love that so much so i was speaking with a priest friend yesterday a mutual friend of ours michelle and mm-hmm. mentioned that we were going to talk about leisure for today's topic and i was shocked when he told me that they learned about leisure when he was in seminary it's oh. such a big topic for them yeah um, that's right? kind of cool and mm-hmm. he sent me a link to a book that they had to read and from what i can tell it's the go-to book on leisure and it was written in germany in 1947. At that time, Germany, like the rest of Europe, was trying to rebuild their country after the war. So leisure would just seem like the most unlikely topic for a book. (laughs) Bottom of the list here in 1947. So if there was ever a time to promote hard work over leisure, surely it was during that time. But Joseph Piper, in his essay slash book, Leisure, the Basis of Culture, promoted the concept that if we don't get leisure right, we won't get work right. 
He says, the essence of leisure is not to assure that we may function smoothly, but rather to assure that we, embedded in our social function of work, are enabled to remain fully human. So we aren't just robots performing a function, right? So Mm -hmm. our jobs can actually turn us into that. But leisure is the thing that will keep us fully human. It's like a safeguard against just drowning in the rat race of Western civilization. And and that's just increased more and more and more since 1947. Yeah. You know what this makes me think about... um... You remember how we were talking about our big Marie Von Trapp mood uh-huh. <laughs> two episodes ago? Uh-huh. And we discussed this too um, when we were talking about this episode as well, because in her book, uh, Around the Year with the Von Trapp Family, Marie Von Trapp has this chapter on the green meadow, mm-hmm. which I think we'll talk about in a minute. But what you just said made me think about the other chapter called The Land Without Sunday. Yes. Um, when the priest was uh, admonishing, like friendly, <laughs> uh, Maria and the captain about their Sunday leisure. That's right. right. And I mean, before she got to that part and she was describing what Sunday was in Austria, I was thinking, my goodness, their family is killing it, mm-hmm. the Sunday leisure. Um, and this priest was saying, actually, no, there's still more. Um, and I think what he was getting at is what you're saying is, you know, questioning, is it true leisure in regards to our intention behind all of these admittedly amazing Sunday activities? Like, why are you doing this? Um, And that leisure is not necessarily tied to, it's not tied to productivity. It's tied to just the, the process itself for the enjoyment of the actual activity itself. That's right. Leisure is a form of celebration as well, a form of festivity. It's the cessation of work, but entering into something else. And it's when God stepped back, looked at his creation and said, it is good. And this is the concept in that book that you were just referencing around the year with the Von Trapp family by Maria Von Trapp, that in that section, A a Land Without Sundays, she gets into that concept, as you're saying, and they call it, now here comes my German. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for it. Okay. Hit me. Okay. Oh, I'm so nervous. Um, Fire bent. It's <laughs> terrible. Okay. Fi- well, fire yeah. bent. That's <laughs> terrible. But what that concept means, um, and if people don't know, we're talking about the actual Maria Von Trapp, like the sound of music Maria Von Trapp. Um, yeah. I don't know if a lot of people who are outside of Catholic circles know that she was a, a real woman who married Captain Von Trapp. Um, yes. The story is not very similar to the movie, but it is the same woman and she is amazing. And so what we know is they were Austrian, but Austrians do share a lot of cultural similarities with the Germans. And so I found it was really interesting that that book that we were just referencing earlier by Joseph Piper, uh, mm-hmm. he's German and that he was really sharing this concept of how they they do build their culture with leisure time. And then that's just so evident in how Maria von Trapp lives and how their family lives with this fire bent. (laughs) (laughs) So that term, it means end of work, begin leisure. Like it's simply what Mm. it means. And it's, it's something where it's like on Fridays when they're leaving their office, they say, 
happy happy fire event i can't do it it's a hard word people and uh so that's actually how they end their work week and then in a family like Mm. the trap family when they would finish their saturday work and all of their saturday work was ordered to make sunday as restful as possible it was the preparing of their sunday best so doing their ironing it was the preparing of the sunday meal so they weren't cooking and the dessert it was it was doing all that and then five o'clock would hit That was the end of their work day and they would begin their vigil, their Saturday vigil into the Lord's day. And this would be a wonderful time in their family. They really enjoyed these Saturday nights. We're going to get more into this in the future because I think we should do an entire episode on Sunday rest in its Mm -hmm. own thing um, and and traditions of doing that. But um, it was that concept of preparing, carving out this time, being intentional in it. And they did beautiful things like storytelling and putting on plays and singing like the famous Von Trapp Mm -hmm. family did um, and doing read alouds, that sort of thing. And then they would prepare also their hearts for mass the next day by studying the mass readings and talking through the gospel and the epistle and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So everything was oriented to connection mm-hmm. right, with each other and with God. Um, also, as a side note, I was thinking a lot about that chapter. And yeah. I realized that another thing they did was folk dancing. Yes. And our family is perfectly matched. We have three <laughs> boys and three girls. Yes. <laughs> so I'm thinking our fiera band there. I can't let you have all the fun. Um <laughs> We should take up folk dancing too. That sounds leisurely. And we were going to take up sacred polyphony. So we'll chant and sing, you guys folk dance and we are traveling show. Oh my gosh. You know, I think people may pay to come see it, but okay. Maybe not for the reason we're thinking. That's right. That's right. But I do think we don't give ourselves enough credit. You know, I was watching an institutional video from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Um, on leisure time. So there was a point of history, I suppose, where they were trying really hard to educate young people Mm -hmm. in high school about what they're supposed to be doing um, when they're not at work. And so some of the examples of this video were, you know, reading, cooking, bird watching, (laughs) (laughs) photography. Um, And it really got me thinking about how learning can be leisure as well. Okay. So I'm listening to that list and I'm terrified of birds. I do love reading. Um, (laughs) And I'm like, I will never be a knitter, sewer, embroiderer, Mm -hmm. craft booking um, woman. It's just not who I am. So I I think what on earth am I supposed to do with my leisure time? Like I'm still having trouble fully wrapping my head around it. Right. And if we're going to be one day future ladies of leisure, we need to get a handle on this, right? (laughs) Right. Because it's not Uh, just going out for lunch, right? Because I'm really good at that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure we can spin it some way in that direction. But uh, you know what? I think the key might be um, to really focus on the process as opposed Mm -hmm. to the end. And so it will be subjective. It will be different from person to person. Mm -hmm. For example, I remember watching my mom. She was a great um, she is still <laughs> great crafter. Yeah. She loves crafting, cross-stitching, crocheting, knitting. The things that she has made and produced are amazing. Mm. And she is pleased with the end product. But 
that's not why she does it. Yeah. You know, um, I know she would sit there for hours doing it because she loved the process, because yeah. she loved doing it. And so when I look at you, Lindsay, and you watch a lot of documentaries or you're <laughs> yes. watching Nigella cook in the wintertime or you're reading books or listening to podcasts, mm -hmm. um, things like that, you know, you're not always doing it to prep for the show mm -hmm. or because you require this knowledge for a job. Yeah. You're doing it because you enjoy the process of learning. Yeah. And so I, I think that that can absolutely be considered leisure and that learning can be leisure. The, the key and the important thing to remember is that it is, um, enjoyment for the sake of enjoying it and not necessarily to hurry up and get to the end and see what you can produce and how fast you can produce it. I love that. And I also think then that there's an element of then sharing um, whatever it is you've learned or you're working on. Mm -hmm. Again, not for money, mm -hmm. not for personal gain. But, um, you know, I, I listen to a cool podcast and then I tell my family about it or your mom will share whatever she's made for you with you guys. And I think that mm -hmm. there's that communal part of it as well. Um, in my research, I came across a website called atikaschool.org. And it had an article, actually multiple articles on it, about the traditional African approach to leisure. It appears that leisure, in the way that we're describing it, has a very important role in African culture. Now, this article just mentions African culture as a whole, and it doesn't specify different the differences between the countries. So that's the language I'm going to use. Now, mm. some of the components of African leisure... According to them, leisure is active, it is communal, not individualistic. You do not do things that can earn money, but it has, like we're saying, an educational value. Folk stories that have a moral value are shared. Activities are centered around the worship of God, but also of their ancestors, sharing of memories. The virtues are discussed, but more importantly, they do exercises to help learn virtues. And these activities, they were planned for. They don't just happen. And I think that that's important too. We don't just go, well, here's the, here's the leisure day, right? And then just sit there waiting for something to happen. <laughs> they were, that's my problem. You're right. Yeah. Me too. I'm like, who's starting the leisure? Um, oh, me? Okay. It's on me again. Yeah. Um, but they were really intentional in carving out that time and they would plan um, boat races between like the proper age groups or they would plan swimming afternoons. They also did great things like dancing and brain teasers and they like tongue twisters and poetry recitation. And this, again, struck me as being so similar to what the Trap family does, right? Like it's mm -hmm. even though they're up in the Alps and this is down in Africa, there's such there's so many common threads between these cultures. The acts of hiking and being outside, they would hike in the Alps, but these people use, you know, boats and swimming in the rainy season. But this idea of storytelling, of coming together as a family and then also um, the trap family and these other cultures, they take care of the other members in the community at that time. They bring food to the sick, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And they also talked on this website though, and this blew my mind about the misuse of leisure. And they talked about when it's misused, it can lead to things like moral decay. And this would be like watching pornography in your spare time. That's that was the example they used or wasted time spent in idle talk or gossiping, laziness, mm -hmm 
or it can lead to substance abuse, like drinking too much on your day off. And sometimes even reckless activities that you think are fun and leisurely, like car racing is another example that they used. So we have to make sure that we are using that time properly, again, that it's properly ordered because there is that temptation because we're like, well, it's celebratory and it's supposed Mm. to have a festive feel to it, but we don't want to slip into misusing our leisure time. Yeah, that's a really interesting point to remember that it can, like anything else, it can also be misused or distorted, right? Mm -hmm. Anything good can be distorted and, um, the thing that sells a lie is that it has enough truth in it to make it seem believable. And so to be aware of that. But yeah, it it does seem like many other cultures are far better at cultivating certain tasks or activities simply for the sake of doing them. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I think they're more in tune maybe with the idea of finding wonder and still placing wonder as an important element of who they are to simply sit in wonder at what is taking place and to place a higher value on practicing that than we necessarily would here. I love what you're saying about that. And one of the other cultures that I stumbled across that have really had a good handle on leisure for the last 5,000 years, although on the article I was reading that they said that it's something that they've really lost since the 1980s as well. But Mm. this is the Chinese culture. And they were talking about how their earliest ways of communicating were through pictographs, like many cultures, and that they had lots of pictographs that showed this one image of someone who'd be sitting under a tree at rest. But people knew when they would look at that, that that didn't just mean that it was a person sitting under a tree. That Mm. signified to them that that person was uniting themselves with nature and that they were spending time contemplating their place in the physical world. And then that would help them recall how important it was to do that, to to do that intentionally. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, you look at Chinese culture and they are very industrious people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about this one particular episode of Li Ziki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, again, she's the uh, Chinese vlogger. Um, who shows all kinds of incredible videos of very hard work. Mm -hmm. She's an extremely hard worker, but she has one episode in particular where she practices shoe embroidery. And it's this super delicate, super intricate uh, form of embroidery and needlework. It looks like it takes forever and it is stunning. It has like a 3D effect Mm -hmm. when you're finished. But I was struck watching her at this work and it, she somehow seems lost in the process of it. And to me, that's struck me as an example of someone doing leisure. Now, half the episode is of her taking instruction on how to do it and then bringing it home and practicing and going back to check her work and fixing her mistakes. So yeah, leisure is not the absence of activity, but it is cultivating that wonder and that process of doing something for the sake of doing it. In First Nations communities, they also use leisure as a way to pass down their heritage and establish a strong culture within their community. Like, again, the Von Trapp family from Austria and the African culture, First Nations people see that leisure is a time for passing down the, quote, old ways. And interestingly enough, in Native culture, they also value leisure time as a way to bond with other cultures and their neighbors. And one example of this is when they use ice hockey. Um, they, I was reading that they, in some communities, use ice, ice hockey to meet their non-Native 
you know, cohabitants in their area and they'll play these games against each other and they will learn their ways. They'll become friends and then they'll go back and enjoy the rest of their day with their family. But they use it to form new bonds, which I thought was really cool too, mm. not just passing down their own culture. Another example that they used is when they do powwows and they invite the community to come and see it. That is their leisure time, but they welcome the non-natives into their powwow to show what they're doing and to create those community bonds as well. And and I, those happen within our own region and we've never been. And I think that that's a really interesting thing to try and go to as a family. Mm-hmm. So it seems like looking around the world and then I look at myself and I think, what's wrong with me? <laughs> right? Like it, it just seems like it should be the most natural thing in the world to understand leisure and to practice it correctly. Um, but you know what? I think it's just a new habit. And mm. like any new habit, it's not going to come easily at first. Um, and that's not how my brain works automatically anymore. So it's just going to take some time. And f- uh, it's going to take a little bit of patience for us to relearn and rewire our brains to consider this whole new idea of work to uh, enjoy leisure and not leisure to rest up for work again. That's right. Now we've shared many examples from other cultures, and I think we should end here with a quote from the popular 1980s song by Loverboy. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody wants a little romance. Everybody's going off the deep end. Everybody needs a second chance. You've got a second chance and so do I. It's time we reclaim leisure. And I guess we might need to schedule it in. We need to see it as something of great value and use that time wisely, not to pour out more of ourselves, but to be open to receiving what we didn't know that we needed until we stopped working so hard to find something that we can never actually buy and never actually earn. It's time we slow down. We need to stop seeing rest as wasted time and step back and look at our own lives and say it is good. It's time for our What We're Loving This Week segment of the show. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving this week? Well, you and I share a love of the CBS All Access TV app and Mm -hmm. many of the classic shows, right? We love them all. Recently, the kids and I have fallen head over heels in love with the Brady Bunch. And, right? (laughs) I watched it it as a kid. Yep, yep. (laughs) And it was on not all the time when I was a kid, but I watched it enough. But now, oh my goodness. And so my favorite era has always been and always will be the 1950s. But I do have a very (laughs) deep appreciation for home design and the aesthetic of the late 60s, early 70s. So I'm crushing hard on all the orange and golden wheat and avocado greens of the Brady Bunch. (laughs) You know, it's cheesy and sweet, but the show makes the kids and I wish that we just had one more son and one more daughter in our house. Um, Mm. But, you know... Aside from that, it still leaves us with this longing for a simpler life, right? Like I want to just sit in bed and read the newspaper beside Jason and they always sit down at a properly set table. Obviously they have Alice, so they have hired help, but (laughs) um, it's just a beautiful, fun, relaxing show for leisure time that I've been really enjoying with the kids. So I say it's time for the Brady Bunch to come back. 
Oh, I agree. I loved the Brady Bunch too growing up. Mm-hmm. It used to be part of the Vision TV lineup oh. when I got home from school. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yep, right awesome. in between Happy Days and Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. So what have you been mm-hmm. loving this week? So what I've been loving this week is an Instagram account which goes flying in the face of everything we've just talked about <laughs> in today's episode. <laughs> I'm just realizing. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the Instagram account Go Clean Co. Oh, have you heard about them? No, but it's totally. <laughs> it is a cleaning yeah. account. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're you know it's a both and we are both and people. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the house does still need to be clean. Mm-hmm. Um. Now my cousin told me to check this account out recently, and this week I've been watching their Insta Stories highlights, mm-hmm. and it's been the most relaxing thing. Mm-hmm. Please note at this point I was watching other people cleaning, and mm-hmm. that has been the most relaxing part of my week. <laughs> Not necessarily me then going to do it. Mm-hmm. So they are a cleaning company in Alberta, Canada, and their Instagram is full of cleaning hacks and tips. So I was especially thrilled to see that they also specialize and share tips for cleaning RVs. So Mm -hmm. I went down that rabbit hole too. I find their hashtags very amusing and witty. They are bleach, pray, love, (laughs) which I love. (laughs) Is that great? Yes. Um, And also hashtag cleaning army. And you know how much we love our military Mm -hmm. references tied in with homemaking. We do. I was there for that. Mm -hmm. And so this past week, I've watched tutorials on how to clean uh, my range hood. Yeah. How to clean my vacuum cleaner, how to clean the window screens, which was very relaxing, like just to watch the water pour down. So they they film sometimes, I'm assuming, hopefully with the owner's permission, but at job sites. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually see how um, often forgotten places can build up Mm -hmm. or if they're not taken care of, how to how to do it, not from the perspective of a of a person's house who is really on top of their cleaning necessarily. I appreciate that perspective. (laughs) And so after a week of watching several of these videos, I'm convinced of a couple of things. Number one, that powdered Tide detergent is going to solve all my housekeeping problems. Mm-hmm. And that number two, this account is probably the visual version of ASMR <gasps> that I didn't know that I needed. <sighs> okay. So you need to go check this I'm out. I'm there yes. for that. That's everything I need. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You might um, already know a lot of their hints and tips and stuff, but I just find it relaxing to watch cleaning happening so I don't know let's go check it out okay that's going to do it for us this week if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today you can find us on our website www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at the modern lady podcast I'm Michelle Sachs and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Homemaker. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.